Okay, here we go now. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that explores edtech ideas, innovations, and integration methods from the experienced old dog side of things. My name is Jeff West, and I've been a K-12 music educator for 27 years, and I am passionate about edtech. I love using it. So let's get started at taking a look at how this can be used in your classroom. These next two podcasts here for Old Dog New Tech are from one interview that went uh, about 45 minutes to 50 minutes. So I split it into a couple of parts. This first part, you know, it starts okay, but it kind of ends abruptly because I tried to find uh, roughly a midpoint. But uh, Jody Claymere, a media specialist, and I are talking about digital natives and a term that I've just learned that maybe it's been around, but digital immigrant, which I guess I am. And we talk about how we all maybe fit back and forth between that and how important that has uh, been to understand. But I don't, but I think we both kind of start to lean toward the fact that it's not uh, the only thing we need to pay attention to. And so we tell a lot of stories here in this first part. And uh, remember back in the early, early tech days, um, you know, technically some of it is called tech. I don't, I think most of us probably consider film strips to be kind of archaic, huh? Dinosaur thinking, so to speak. But anyhow, uh, I hope you enjoy the first part of this interview and um, check out the next section uh, of the interview will be released here very shortly, but I wanted to get the first part of this out. We're uh, talking about digital natives and digital immigrants and uh, similarities, differences. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Old Dog New Tech, episode 45. Hard to believe I'm at 45. I'm glad glad I'm at 45. It hasn't been a long road. It's been a quick road. Um in my last three podcasts, I did a lot on discussion, on uh, why I do discussion. It wasn't always a bunch of tech, but that's not the case this time around. We're getting back to some more tech. I have a guest here today with me, media specialist uh, Jody Clamier at the high school here we work at. And we are going to be talking about um, uh, tech integration, but with particular focus on uh, digital natives. And I guess they call them digital immigrants, which would be me. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, we, we, you and I can also be looked at as uh, fitting in that diffusion of innovation as being early adopters and the early majority. I mean, we dive into it and we love it versus maybe that's not always the way. So, uh, Jody, go ahead and uh, introduce your, yourself a bit if you'd like. And um, you, you were sharing some thoughts or you said you had some thoughts on uh, digital natives and immigrants. And we have a couple of articles here and we'll get to it. <clears throat> yes, thank you for having me today, Jeff. Um, I'm really glad to be here. Um, yes, I've, I've been a media specialist for, gee, 26 years Get now. Get the calculator out. Yeah, no, machine. oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and it's really been interesting because, you know, when I first started, I mean, I was still shipping reel to reel. <laughs> 
Yes. And having to get to the ISD or where whoever housed all that stuff and he'd request it to come in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. thinking all the way back to that. And how moldy it smelled because it was in some. Yeah, everything was dark and dank and (laughs) it was hideous. And of course, uh, the film says it's celluloid. And so forth, it, the, it had a smell oh, to it, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no. you, you struck a nerve, a memory I there. I know. It's crazy. I, I remember, you know, first getting to Rogers and, and getting into the media center and looking around and thinking, oh, my goodness, there, there was still so much that needed to be weeded out because we were all the way up to VCRs. By, yeah, you, you know, still had like the by slides. By then, and I still had, Slide yes, wheels and stuff, yeah. Um, every once in a while, I would find the, the slide, the projector slides laying around, but, I mean, we just, there was tons of film strips, and, and it's incredible to think, you know, even when I first began in my collegiate career, um, we, we were, you know, laser discs were the big thing, and they never really took off. No, but they didn't. They were like a almost a record size, right? They? Yes, yeah. they're actually I guess some that was bigger. The if you Maybe had they like would be 45. take off since they're a forty five or a thirty three. Right? They yes, I remember yeah. those. So, yeah. it, it's just amazing to me to see where we were, and and where we are now. You know, all the. All the information that could be put on a giant laser disc, yeah. you know, now you, you put it on a little thumb drive or it's That's just exactly. hanging out in a cloud somewhere. Yeah. Like, you don't even see it. It doesn't um, take up a whole lot of space. Cloud computing is a lot easier than even in my last 10 or 12 years. That has been the most amazing for me. One of right. the more amazing developments for sure. is cloud computing and how much more you can do. Yes, I, I love the um, freedom of it, you know. I remember even when it got so great that you could put something on a USB and take it around. Boy, I had several instances where I'd pull that USB out of my purse and it was, you know, just slightly damaged, damaged. and then it didn't work. Right. And, you know, just every once in a while you're trying to do something important like that, and you, but you always had to have that disc. And then you always had to make sure you saved it, you know, over the new one or gave it a new name or whichever one you wanted to do. Right. And it's so wonderful to um, to be able to have that access anywhere. If you I do something in, yeah. in Google, I, I can go, I can do it on my phone, which I actually had to do one time, um, probably right around five, six years ago when I was doing... Um, some college courses for my mm-hmm. recertification. Sure. And oh no, it wasn't even for my recertification. It was just because I was doing it. Right. But um yes, I had a paper that was due the next day and I was working on it and I got the old blue screen of death on my, you know, wow. zillion year old laptop. Yes. But because I'd been doing it in Google, I got out my old phone and typed my paper and... on my phone. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was not fun. (laughs) I can't imagine doing a paper on my phone unless I had a keyboard I could hook to it or something, I guess, and maybe I could squint enough. I don't know. That's tough. It was tough, but at least it wasn't the end of the world, you know, because it had happened at like nine o'clock at night or something. So it wasn't like I could run to the store. But inevitably, yeah, 
you're going to have that experience. Yes. Now, um, you wear a lot of hats in, in your position, so some of the experiences here as we're talking and uh, going through this whole digital native and immigrant, um, can you put a label on most of what it is you're doing? Because I know you've even had more added since we went one-to-one. Yes. So, <clears throat> you know, there's the, the kind of um, physical aspect of things, you know, collecting the Chromebooks, distributing the Chromebooks, um, keeping track of the Chromebooks. All There's that end of it, that technology. That falls to you? Um, I usually share that or with Tony help. and okay. yeah. So you have a couple of other. Uh, so we we'll call them their staff. Yeah, they're they're the technology staff, and um, but none of the technology staff had any kind of experience with you know mass collections. So oh, okay. when it comes time to doing something like how do you collect thirteen hundred Chromebooks? Right. You know, I'm the only person in the building that has that type. Of, of experience with mass collection because obviously I do it with the textbooks and all the library books and whatnot. Sure. So there's thousands and thousands of those pouring in at the end of the year. So okay. coming up with a process of how do we do this and you know what's the what, best way to keep track of everything. Right. So there's that kind of end of it. And then um, another hat that I wear is the repair hat. So you know, if there's something physically wrong with the Chromebook, if a hinge is broken or if it's not getting Wi-Fi, um, whatever, the touch right. screen is not Whatever working. might come up. Yeah, right? yeah. whatever. Anything that <laughs> whatever. people don't know how to fix and they don't know who would take care of, right? Exactly. They'd probably, like, oh, ask Jody. Yeah. <laughs> and in the very, very beginning when they first rolled out, it was even things like, I can't sign into Schoology. It won't right. you know, it won't let me sign in. Yeah, when they weren't playing nice together for right. early on. Yes. I remember those pilot days, yes. I yes. think I came down a few times myself when I had to, because we, we was using the laptop cart before right. we went one-to-one. Yes. I had commandeered a laptop cart down here for a while and said, well, if anybody wants it, they can come get right. it. <laughs> but we'll be using it pretty regularly. Uh, and, and it was okay, but those devices even, uh, they just pale in comparison. I mean, I can't say yeah. that everything's perfect with the Chromebooks. There are issues. Sure. And, and you do have to have some knowledge. This might be a good segue, uh, unless you had something else uh, you wanted to touch on, from the natives and the immigrants, uh, because right. you do need some knowledge for when things don't work or how to do little shortcuts or um, just the overall... Um, I guess interface is the best word, uh, you know, where the print buttons are, where the, yes. you know, what the shortcuts are on and the it's keyboard. It's different with all the programs <laughs> and with different uh, browsers yeah. and, yeah. you know, yes, it is yeah. not always. Um, so what do you find, uh, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by the native, your, your, yes. your idea with your digital natives, because you work and see that more than I do. I've seen it in my time where the kids really knew how to use their phones. For Instagram and Snapchat. Right. But when I said, well, create a doc and share some information on your phone. They, what? You can do that? And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> now, just a minute. Right. Um, if you can do, because they could do some, they can make some really cool videos. Mm -hmm. They were on YouTube and yes. they were, you know, vlogging and so forth, but they couldn't share a, a Google Doc. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's where when they started, when I started reading the articles about digital natives, I said, well, th that would mean they understand their culture and the and tech culture, that is. Right. And they really didn't. They had some knowledge. It was very spotty. 
kind of like sometimes the Wi-Fi connection. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. really good in one area. Or, <laughs> right. or my cell phone. I can receive phone calls and texts in right. my office here where we are, but I have to go out by the window to send okay. them. Yeah, it's very frustrating yeah. for me. And those, like my wife, <laughs> might call me and need mm-hmm. to talk to me, and she can't, can't hear get you. me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, tell us about... Uh, tell me about you know your the whole digital native idea and you know what what feelings you have on on that subject native versus uh, immigrants. Yeah, on the teaching end of things, I think that um, well, first of all, as a student, I'm taking a couple of classes right now, and in one of the classes, you know, our, our professor had presented a couple of different articles similar to, to these that we were looking at earlier, and. Um, I read through them and just really felt like there was a divide because in the articles that I was reading, it was talking about kids, you know, using their social media for branding and which is a great Mm -hmm. idea. But I started looking around at, you know, my students and I'm like, I don't see this. And so there were just several different things in the article Right. That just made me go, hmm. Right. And so I, I had read them at home and whatnot, and I came back in the next day, and I started talking with my kids about some of these ideas. And interestingly enough, they don't see themselves as digital natives. We, we kind of talked about, well, what does that even mean? What the characteristics you know? are. And yes. yes. Yeah. And they said, you know, I didn't have a cell phone until I was in the eighth grade. And I didn't get social media until I was like a freshman. Or, right. you know, so right. they said, I don't really feel like I am a digital native. Yeah. But they said, you know, my sibling who's in the elementary school, they have a cell phone now. Right. And, of course, they have a sure Chromebook do, now. Yeah. So when I asked them, because part of part of the class question was, you know, integrating technology and how we should be teaching, you know, completely differently yes. in order to meet their learning styles. So I asked the kids, you know, do you prefer when you take notes? Do you want to type this puppy up in a Google Doc or do you want to write it with pen and paper? And they want to write it out by hand. But they said, you know what? My sister, who's attached to a Chromebook and was born with a cell phone, yes, they're going to want to write a Google Doc. Um, But, you know, they said, I still learn this way. So, and I had had a discussion with them, you know, what kind of integration would you like me to see? Do you want me to integrate social media? Um, do you do you want me to try different, you know? And this was in what like capacity, or you had a class, or yes, it's a, with it's I have basic. a I have a class called Shorian Help Desk, and so in our class we repair the Chromebooks, but we also run the media center and you know right. just learn about different technology and how to use it. Um, so I had asked them, you know. Are there things that, because one of the things that we do in our class is we learn about the Dewey Decimal System. They have to be able to shelve the books. Right. They have to be able to help people find books when right. they come in. That's, because that's still, that's still the yeah, way. it's still yeah. happening. And um, so, you know, several times a trimester, um, 
classes come down and they have a short amount of time you know teachers time is so valuable so they have you know 20 30 minutes or whatever they got to get that mm. class to select a reading book and get checked out and get back so the more hands on deck i have you know the better to be able to make some suggestions or help them find what they're looking for so in in that particular unit of study they they actually spend a lot of time at the shelves reading them looking see see what's there in what section and uh so i asked them you know is there another way that i could do this with technology that would make it better and they're like no i really prefer to be hands-on with the shelves so through this discussion of not just are you feeling like a digital native but what is it that how is it that you're learning and and at this particular stage most of the kids seem to be a lot of my kids a third didn't even have social media they were um some of them had it but then they as got as far as accounts yeah mm-hmm. they don't and have this twitter was just they recently, don't have facebook or is this five years this ago or last trimester okay yeah so 2018 then yes yeah. yes and they just didn't like it didn't want it didn't see a need for it yeah of some of them started out with that feeling of I just don't like it. I don't want to get involved. Some of them had accounts and whatnot, but then they didn't like, you know. They text. They or call run into cyberbullying. They, cyber they, they run. Don't even call probably anymore. They text, right? Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. I mean, their parents. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes their parents will do an actual call. Yeah. Um, but that's not because the kid wants to make a call. Right. Um, right. It's just because that's how their parents like it, but. Um, yeah, so I just found that extraordinary and so different from what these articles were saying. But then you think about where these folks are writing from, and they're from New York. They're from Chicago. Well, I was just the, thinking the that as you're cities. talking. I was thinking, you know, I, more and more our cultural background and our diverse backgrounds need to become more of our writing. That needs to be stated more than it ever has. But I mean, when you read a research paper, they usually are very clear on race and and uh, yes. gender, and um, maybe socioeconomic. Right. But you know, some of these, these we have a couple of articles here which we're kind of looking at some questions and details from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right to consider where these these are written from. Uh, you know, Huffington Post, uh, uh, and. W- their experiences are going to be different than a metro uh, exactly. blue collar, which is we kind of are. We're low to middle socioeconomic. Um, it, it's but we are very industrial, so you're you know right. you might get a little more of the hands on because that's you know I I don't have enough knowledge to speak to whether you know genetically within our families if that worked with their hands or they're going to have a natural affinity toward that, but but I do know that. Uh, Having grown up in a blue-collar uh, world, it's there's a different verbiage, there's a different use of technology, and we use our cars differently here than, than say, say uh, another city right. would. Uh, there'd be a more public transit, you know, not to get too far off track. Right. But I think we, that needs to be mentioned more mm-hmm. uh, when you're defining people, because everybody can read your stuff now. Everybody right. Can. That's. It's not. Yes. It's not just who can get to the library or buy your book. That's right. the way it used to be. Um, yeah. And so I'm. Yeah. It's. A, I think that's a good point. So well, in this article on the Huffington Post article, 
it says digital natives versus immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, you and I are in the immigrant group. We are, uh, technically speaking. Because the immigrants, it says, oh, about halfway down the article. Um, and this is, I'll put a link in the show notes. Jeff DeGraff, I believe, is, is who, oh, no, Kenneth Gillette. Sorry, I saw the name up above and thought that was the author and the address. Um, the paradox here, he says on down, is that digital immigrants, for the most part, invented the complex technologies and systems that digital natives use fluently. The internet, microchips, so forth, so on. So in this way, the natives and the immigrants must grow to work together and learn from each other. So that's kind of speaking to what you, you know, as the immigrant, you're talking to, quote unquote, the natives. Right. So what do you think about this? What can digital natives teach digital immigrants? It's, he says, collaborate across boundaries with a variety of people and uh, make a, a place in life for values, uh, build solutions that are horizontal. Mm -hmm. um, any other thoughts on what natives can teach the immigrants? I, I, I love this concept of the horizontal solutions and crossing the boundaries. I, I just think when you, when you look at generations, you know, um, in the past, that's where typically we've had our roughest issues with racism and genderism and, you know, all of that. And kids nowadays are... I'm not saying it's a race, it certainly isn't, because you still have some families that kind of pass that down, but you also have uh, kids that are more willing to say, ah, mom, that's not right, dad, that's not right, you know, that's that's not how we do things, and they, they look past a lot of the things that people of older generations somehow can't. Right, right. And, um, and, I, and I love that you know, kids don't care if you're purple or an alien. If they want to learn, they're going to learn from you. I think there was, uh, you know, those were much more defining characteristics. Um, and depending, I guess, on how far you go back, how far you go back in the generation, you know, you lived within that hundred mile radius. It was yes. very, it wasn't common. There's no like, world point of view. Like I'm, I'm probably four hours from my place. I grew, I grew up in. Uh, yeah, it, only because it's hard to get there. It, if you could fly, it'd be a lot quicker. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, there are a lot of folks, I have a lot of family who still lived in that area or in, say, 20 miles within it. Mm -hmm. uh, I still visit there, and that's fine. It's just not for me. Um, but, you know, these qualities that we're defining people with, that I guess in my day, they would have defined it as a small town frame of mind. Yes. Uh, but technology is definitely expanded that, that right. you know because they but we've also seen a whole lot more of behaviors that in my day my young day would have defined you and scarred you and you can get over those a lot quicker now and you know i you look at politicians and, and uh, uh, performers and some of the stuff that they pulled and now they're fine they're back and you know it just let time you yeah. know it, it people are more accepting and let, let it go and move on I think that's a good thing, but... Yeah. I, you know, I think that's a kind of a double-edged sword as well, because at the same time that, yes, people kind of get rid of things and move on quicker, 
I also think that because of this deep involvement in this digital world um, where everything's online and it's it's permanent you know I also think there's a lot of the opposite of that right. I think there's a lot of you know mental health issues that are coming up with our kids nowadays so much more depression when you look at the statistics yes. for suicide yeah. and depression and the particular age bracket they're in. I'm not sure how much that is tied to technology, but I, <laughs> I think there's an aspect of it that technology helps has helped develop. And yeah. this is a, being a 54-year-old parent of two that didn't have it when my kids grew up until they right. got older. Um, and seeing how, say, some parenting skills may be handled through the use of technology, so to speak. Here, take this and be quiet. You know, that kind right. of a thing. Where we used to have the, uh, what is it? They pull the string and speak and say or see oh, and yes. say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we used to have those loud toys like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, now it's more to the, the phone. I was at the barbershop right. the other day, and there was a young man on the phone, and he was watching videos loud, and the father just asked him to turn that down a little bit, and he did, and it was nice, and I thought, gosh, yeah. Is we would just take the toy away because there was no volume button. You know, right. now there is right. a volume you button. You can't turn that popcorn vacuum thing off. So I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my turn gosh, I loved that, that as was, a kid too. I right, loved, it yeah. was great for us. You try to run across the room as fast as you can to make it go. As, uh, yeah. This has been Old Dog New Tech with Jeff West. You can reach me at olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. That's olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. Send me an email or leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, when integrating tech into your classroom, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient.